Hey there, welcome to the Swayology Podcast. I'm your host, Ann Watson, and I cannot wait to help you think like a business so you can inspire like a boss. I'm a former corporate multi-passionate entrepreneur turned business coach, here to bring you practical advice, inspiration, and motivation as you navigate the wild world of online business and marketing. We are going behind the scenes with successful coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs like you, and we're getting real about their stories so you can learn everything you need to to build a life and a business you love. It's not going to be easy, but I promise it's going to be worth it. So if you're ready, let's get to it. Hey, hey, I am so glad you are joining me today because you are going to love my guest. If you don't already know her, Brittany Ann is a best-selling author, speaker, and the founder of EquippingGodlyWomen.com, which is a popular Christian living website dedicated to helping busy Christian moms go all in on their faith and family. Today, we are talking about how it all started for her in the most unexpected way and why she almost didn't start at all. We talk about feeling like you're not enough, throwing spaghetti at the wall, and being brave enough to talk about the things no one else is talking about. We even get into why we as business owners want to be ambitious to make money and grow a huge audience. We cover a lot of things in this fun conversation, including her brand new book, Following God's Will, which is all about what to do when you have no idea what to do. I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's get started with my conversation with Brittany Ann. Well, hello, Brittany Ann. I am so excited to welcome you to the Swayology podcast. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you today? I'm great. I've been looking forward to this conversation because I love, especially love to talk to people who are communicators, but who are also business women. And I want to hear all about, you know, what came first for you, the chicken or the egg, but Before we do that, I thought maybe for our listeners who are new, that maybe you could tell us a little bit about you and kind of what you do. Yeah. So my name is Brittany Ann. I run the website equippinggodlywomen.com, where I challenge, encourage, and equip busy Christian moms to go all in in faith and family. So if you happen to be a Christian woman who says, I want to make my faith more of a priority, I want to live out this thing more than just on Sunday mornings, um, we have tons of resources available, podcasts, blog posts, books, all of the things. So that is what I am doing online these days. I love that. I think that that's really cool. And I'm curious about how you got into that, like what was going on with you and you saw this need, something that wasn't being answered and you felt compelled to go after that yourself? Yeah, this is a great question. And one that I get a lot because I think so often people have this idea that they are going to have it all mapped out in this plan where they're going to think, okay, well, I want to be an author. So I'm just going to sign up and start writing and they have it all figured out. Or when you see someone online that, oh, well, they've always been successful or they've always done this thing. And I think it's, I love how you're getting into people's stories. So for me, it really started because my husband and I, before we were married, we did things a little bit out of order and we got pregnant um, before we got married. So I found myself in a situation where even though I had grown up in church my whole life and I knew all of Bible verses, I knew all of the things, I was suddenly pregnant and I was at home stuck with a baby in a very small apartment while my husband worked out of town all week to make ends meet. And I remember sitting there 
in this situation where we had no internet, we had no money and I had tons of time, um, but I was just sitting there thinking, you know, I don't know what it was that God had for me. I don't know what his plan for my life was supposed to be, um, but whatever it was, I messed it up. I made a mistake. I got pregnant. Now here I am seeing so many doors that are closed. There's so many things I can't do. I don't even have internet. I don't, I can't go. I can't like minister. I can't travel. I can't like, there's so many things that I cannot do. I don't have the resources. So whatever it was that God had for me, surely I messed it up. Um, but there's a verse that is in the Bible that I absolutely love. And I come back to again and again, and it is that Romans eleven twenty nine tells us for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So even though I was in the situation where I thought I have disqualified myself, I have nothing to offer. Um, I'm just a young mom with the baby and that's all I have. God knew that that was where I would be. And when he created his plan for my life, um, he knew that that's where I would be. And he knew the resources that I would have. And he knew all of these things way before I did. So even when I didn't see the plan. He saw the plan. Um, there's another Bible verse that I love that says Ephesians 2 chapter 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even when I had no idea and I thought I have blown it, I have no resources. I don't have any skills. I don't have any abilities. I don't have any talents. Here I am. So at this time, I read a random blog post online that said you could make money from home by writing blog articles. So I thought, hmm, I can do that. I don't have a lot, but we did eventually get internet. And I said, okay, my baby naps for a couple hours in the afternoon and he's asleep at night. So during this time, what do I have? I have a computer, I have internet, and I can start writing these articles. And I wrote so many articles on dental implants and car dealerships and all kinds of things that nobody hears about. And I had no knowledge or interest in, but I could Google them. And so I signed up and I started writing and I made $5 an hour writing these horrible articles. Um, I would know way too much about dental implants that I do not need to know. That can all just be removed from my brain and that would be fine with me. But it was really a matter of start where you are with what you have. I did not have skills. I did not have ability, but I had a couple hours during nap time where I could sit and I could write and I could crank out as many articles as I could. And at some point along the way, I found out that, hey, you could actually create your own website and write for yourself instead of writing for other people. And people did that. And I found out that you could be a virtual assistant. And I tried that for a little bit. And I found out that, hey, people actually make money with their own websites. And I thought, you know, if they could do it, then I could probably do it. If they could figure it out, well, I knew how to use Google. I could figure it out. Even though I didn't have a background in all of these things, my background is in elementary education. I'm trained as a teacher. I don't have a degree in communications or business or marketing or any of these things. But I said, you know what? I have a couple hours. I have a computer. I can figure it out. So fast forward a little bit through all of the hard work and drama that has been the last several years. God knew exactly where I was. He didn't call me to be a speaker who travels internationally or to start this huge ministry at church. He knew that I would be at home with a baby. And so he gave me a ministry that I could do at home with a baby. And that's still what I'm doing today. Um, I still work from home, but now I am able to run a website that reaches women in nearly every country of the world. Um, I have eight books published now. I've been on TV and radio and won awards for my writing. And it's just so fun to know that even when I felt like I was not qualified, I surely disqualified myself and had nothing to offer that God was able to take me in the little place that I was to just take the first step and take the next step and take the next step. And you don't see the whole picture and you don't see where you're going to end up. It really was a matter of just get started, take the next step that's in front of you and God will work it out from there.
Okay. So there's so much to unpack there. One of the things that I want to kind of touch on though, is that you had sort of felt like you made this big mistake and kind of disqualified yourself out of God's plan. And then you were in a position where you just kind of had to do something and you wanted Mm -hmm. to, you know, make a meaningful contribution, earn some income for your family. You took on this humble job, which I think was fantastic. I mean, you learned really about the craft of writing. Yeah. Was there any point in there where you were like, what am I even doing with my life? Like, is this the right thing? Like, did you doubt yourself? Did you doubt God's plan? Or was it just one thing after another was kind of smooth sailing leading you to where you are today? Yeah, it definitely was not smooth sailing. So not that answer. Um, But I think at that time, I wasn't even thinking about God's plan. I knew that I, well, I felt that I had messed it up, but I wasn't seeking like, oh, what is it that God has for me? It wasn't this big question in my mind where I was trying to figure out this thing. At the time, it was, you know what? We got pregnant and we had a baby before we planned to, and we had a lot of medical bills because we didn't have health insurance at that time. So we had a lot of hospital bills. So all I was thinking was, okay, what can I do if I make $5 an hour? That's not a lot, but you know, that's something we will just keep writing and writing and writing and writing and writing until we pay off this debt. So that really was my plan going into it. And it really was not a matter of I had this plan or I had this dream or I was trying to figure out what God was. It was just like, what can I do with where I am at? And there's been so many things that I've tried that haven't worked out. And there's been things that I've tried where I said, okay, you know, that was good, but I don't think I want to go in that direction. But then there's things that I've tried that have worked out. For example, my latest book that just came out is called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. And I'm loving the fact that I have this book and that I can have these conversations about how do we figure out what God's will is for our life? How do we figure out where to go or which decision to make? Because I think that's something that so many people are asking, but I didn't start years ago knowing, oh, this is how I would help people. It definitely was just taking one step and then the next step and door number three didn't open. I couldn't even see it until I walked through door number two. So it really was a matter of, okay, what opportunities are right in front of me and not always trying to figure out like the best opportunity, because maybe there are things that I could have done that may have been more I'm making ear quotes here, but efficient. So I could have gone to business school or I could have pursued communications or something. There's other ways that I could have done it. But I think for me, the thing that has been so encouraging is that now that I'm here um, and who knows where the Lord will have me, you know, decades from now, but now that I'm here, I can look back and I can say, you know, all of those experiences that I had that maybe I wouldn't have chosen because if I knew that this is where I would be, maybe I would have charted out a different path for myself. Maybe I would have gone a different way, but God used every single place that he had me in the meantime to develop me, to give me specific skills that I would use now. So for example, um, before I got pregnant, I had planned and I did move to Nashville to pursue the dream of being a country music singer. I did go to Nashville. That second part of like singing um, did not really happen. I did a lot of karaoke, but that's <laughs> I met a producer, but we didn't like go very far on that path. So for me, I'm thinking, okay, well, I moved to Nashville. I met a producer. I sang a lot and I got up on stage and that was fun, but like nothing came of that. Like that, that to me felt wasted. It was something that I had pursued and it didn't pan out. And I thought, you know, this is something I want to do. And now I can't, especially now that, you know, because this was right after it was, I went from being out on a stage to being home with a baby. And it was like, not instant. You got nine months to prepare. Like you are home. Right. Um, 
And so it was, it was kind of a shock to go from one place that I was to another place. But the thing is, well, to me, I felt like, oh, that door slammed closed. That didn't pan out. Was that just a waste of time that I was there? But now going forward, as I am building this writing and speaking ministry, I can say, okay, well, I didn't become a singer, but I'm still going to get on stages. And maybe someday it will be, I hope, Lord willing, that it will be that I have my own conference. Um, But maybe it's just I'm building that comfort of being up in front of people so that I can get on podcasts, so I can get on TV and radio and these kinds of things that I can do still from home with my babies. Um, so I love the fact that even when we don't know the plan, even when it feels like we've disqualified ourselves, or even when it feels like, you know, I tried that, I wanted that so bad and it didn't work out. And now that door is closed just because you didn't end up going down that road. Doesn't mean that God wasn't using that experience and putting it in your tool belt so that later you could say, Hey, you had some experience in that area. Now you have some skills that you didn't have before. Now you have some experience, um, whether it's good things. And here we're talking about like, Oh, experiences like job experience, life experience, things that you do. It could also be negative experiences. So I've heard stories of women who say, you know, I was in an abusive relationship or I um, was so flat broke and I couldn't do anything. And I really had to like stretch my dollar to feed my family. And all of those things can feel like, you know, who am I? I don't have these things. But those situations that you're in and those things that you've experienced, someone else is also experiencing them. And God can use what he has already given you and the life experiences that you've had, whether good or bad, to be able then to minister to other people and to help other people. So I just love the fact that you don't have to know where God has you. Um, you, you don't have to know the path. You do not have to chart out the path for yourself. God's already has it planned out. He's already got it figured out. He's already working everything out for your good. It really is just a matter of looking at what is right in front of me. What opportunities do I have? And kind of working with him and sensing his leading and okay, what is next, God? Okay. I love this because in a sense, you were sort of throwing some spaghetti at the wall. Mm-hmm. Just kind of trying to figure out what stuck for you. And what was going to work for you. And you experienced some things that worked and some things that didn't. But there must have come a point where you began to sort of build in your mind this idea of the true message of your heart and the thing that you really wanted to put out into the world that was really yours alone, your unique Mm -hmm. thing, your vision. And I'm curious about when that transition began to happen what that looked like for you. And again, if you were ever like, I, I'm not good enough for this, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. And just how you pushed through that. Yeah. Well, in all transparency, I still show up today and feel like I am not good enough for anything that I'm doing. Um, okay. I, I totally to... resonate with that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think so often we get this idea that people have arrived or they've made it or wow, like they are so talented and we see them and they do all of these things and we think, oh, well, they must not be scared or they must have these skills or talents or abilities that I don't have. But the thing is, we all start somewhere. We all start being really bad at whatever it is that we're doing. Nobody is good on day one. I have this conversation with my kids when they come to me and they say, you know, oh, I did this thing and it wasn't any good. Whether it's, you know, I had baseball practice today and I did really bad or I drew this picture, but it's not any good. And they come to me and they tell me, you know, it's not any good. And I always ask them, I'm like, oh, well, so how many times have you drawn this thing before? 
Or how long have you played baseball before? Like how, how much experience do you have with this thing? And they know exactly where I'm going with this because that's a conversation we've had more than once. They're used um, to it, right? Yes. And probably anyone listening knows exactly where I'm going with this too. But I'm like, oh, so how many times have you tried to draw this cartoon character that you're drawing? And they're like, oh, well, it's my first time drawing it. And I'm like, well, good. It's You're not supposed to be good at it. When it's your first time, you're practicing, you're learning. You're not supposed to be good the first time you've ever done it. Nobody is good at anything the first time. Like nobody is good at anything the first time that they've ever done it. And I think that that is um, such a good thing though, because we want that big platform and we want that success and we want all of the things and we want people to notice us. And I think that's human nature. And I think that's normal that we want people to acknowledge us and tell us how wonderful we are. And we want that platform and we want that audience. Um, But God is wise enough that he says, you know what? You're not ready yet. You don't have the skills that you need. You don't have the humility that you need. You don't have the character that you need. You need to start small. That is a gift. So that when you write that blog post that accidentally is super controversial and you didn't mean it to, well, that's fine. Only 15 people read it and you can apologize to them later. Um, It didn't go out on this huge platform where now you have this huge catastrophe on your hands. No, you make your mistakes. We all make mistakes, but you can make them in a small way first. And it's not that those of us who like have more of a platform are like perfect and we don't make mistakes or we have all that confidence. It's like, no, we made all of those mistakes and we're still making more mistakes and we mess up every single day. I am such a perfectionist. Every single time I hit a goal, I never hit it. Um, and it's so discouraging. And I think it is just something that people don't realize that everybody goes through. I still show up every single day thinking I am not good enough. I hope anybody ever reads my book. I hope anyone ever goes to my website. Like I get really excited when people say that they like it just because I still feel like I'm not good enough. But the good news is we don't have to be good enough. One thing that I absolutely love, one of my favorite parables is the parable of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So here the disciples are like, okay, how do we feed these people? We do not have enough. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough money. We don't, we don't have enough, just logically speaking. But the good thing is Jesus is beyond logic. Um, Our heavenly father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created time. He created everything in all of existence. So if you don't have the time, you don't have the money, you don't have the skills, that's fine. God doesn't ask you to bring those things to the table. God doesn't ask you to know how to do all of the things. He's got the time. He's got the resources. He got the people. He created all of them. He can create more. He has everything that we need. So going back to the story, the disciples are like, okay, we don't have enough. And so what do they find? They find a little boy who has some little fish and some little loaves. And they say, okay, this is all we have. And this is, if you look um, in my previous book was called Fall in Love with God's Word. If you look in the acknowledgments at the very last line of the acknowledgments, it says, here's my fishes or like, here's my loaves. Like, here's what I have. Because I do not have enough. I'm never going to be enough. Um, But I can come with my yes. And I can say, here, God here's my bread and here's my stinky fish. And it is not enough, but it is yours. And the same Jesus who can take the fish and the loaves and feed the 5,000, he can take your not enough. He can take your yes. He can take your, here's my hour. It's all I have. Here's my $100. It's all I have. Whatever you have, whatever God has given you, he has given you enough and he can take your little bit and turn it into so much more. And it's not dependent on you and it's not all on you. It's not all on your shoulders. It really is a matter of showing up 
each day and saying, here, God, here's what I have. And it is yours. So um, that you asked part of that question was, what is my message of my heart? That is my message of my heart that we would go all in on whatever it is that God is calling us to. If God is calling you to be a good mama, that you would say, God, I do not have the patience. I do not have the skills. I do not have the wisdom, but I'm going to show up each day and I'm going to do my best and trust you with the rest. And if God is calling you to be a good wife or if God is calling you to do a ministry or God's calling you to be a coach or whatever it is, my heart is just to see women go all in. And I did not know that that was my call when I first started. I didn't know. I just wrote a lot of stuff. Until eventually I found that there were things that I just found myself saying again and again and again, and things that I got really excited about and things that just lit me up and lit a fire in me. And as I talked to more people, I saw so many women struggling with the same things and they all thought that they were alone and it was just them. Um, So I think it's good to go into business with some idea of who you will serve or how you will help say, you know, I want to help people with their health or with their business or parenting or homeschooling, have some idea, but know that that is absolutely going to change as you go. The more that you help people, the more that you just dig into people's lives and ask them questions and give them advice and be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting and notice the people around you as you are doing that, then you'll start to notice Hmm, there's something that I have. There's a message that I keep coming back to. There's something that's on my heart. When you notice that problem where you say, you know, a lot of people are talking about homeschooling, but nobody's talking about this. Or a lot of people are talking about personal finance, but nobody's talking about it this way. Um, I think that just comes from experience. Maybe some time in prayer would also always be amazing. And I think it just is something that you work out as you go and it always evolves and changes over time. I love that. What is no one talking about? So then my next question for you is that you were a writer and you were creating these messages for yourself. You were beginning to see women struggling with some of the same issues. You kind of were developing this passion in your heart. And at some point you're like, I'm going to make this a business where I actually earn an income Mm -hmm. for a lot of Christian women. That feels controversial, right? That that asking people to pay you feels icky. And yet you were able to go ahead and take that step to create a business that now Mm -hmm. offers courses and books and coaching and a community group, all the things. How did you reconcile in your mind that building a profitable business was also godly? Yeah, this is a great question. It's something that I have had to work through. I think it's something that so many of us have to work through because there are so many misconceptions about being a Christian and earning money. And there's so much baggage there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read through some books, I listened to some podcasts, a lot of that. But I think for me, what really was helpful is first of all, realizing that making money is not sinful. There is nothing in the Bible that says having money is sinful. Now, if you're going about it in an unethical way, absolutely, that's a problem. If you are taking advantage of people, absolutely, that's a problem. But I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is trying to do that. If you look at examples in the Bible, like Abraham and Solomon and King David, they were wealthy and it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't a shameful thing. It was a God has blessed them thing. It was God has given them so much. I also think, so earlier I said, one of my favorite parables was the story of the fish and the loaves. My absolute favorite parable is the one of the business owner who goes away. He leaves 
one steward with 10 talents and one steward with five talents and one steward with one talent. And I just feel that as someone who lives in America, I have a pantry full of food. I have a home with multiple rooms in it and they're warm and they're safe. I am not worried about people coming into my house right now and interrupting us because a war is going to break out in my neighborhood. I have heat. I have food. I have running water. I have internet. I have a computer. I have my health. I feel I am so abundantly blessed. I have been given so much. I feel not saying that I'm super rich by, you know, comparing to other people. I don't care about that, but just I have been given so much. I am so blessed. And if you were listening to this right now, that includes you too. You are so, so blessed. And I feel like the steward who was given the 10 talents and God says, okay, what are you going to do with those 10 talents? I gave you this money. The big dream of my heart is someday that I would be able to open a nonprofit and help children and families in third world countries. I don't know the details yet because we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, God has not called me there quite yet, but it is something that is on my heart for someday. Uh, Because somewhere in the world, there is a mother who cannot feed her kids today because she does not have money. She doesn't have any job prospects. She doesn't have internet. She doesn't have a computer. She has the opportunity to go dive in a, in a trash heap today. That's what she gets to do today. Um, there's mothers who are selling their kids into sex slavery. There are mothers who have to choose which of their kids get to eat today. And that breaks my heart that somewhere, sorry, I get super emotional talking about this. Somewhere there's a mother who doesn't have those resources and she is crying out to God saying, will you please send help? And maybe. For you, it's somebody right there in your neighborhood who is saying, I don't have the money this month. I don't have the hope. I don't have what it is. And they're crying out to God and they're saying, will you please send help? And God says, I created you. I gave you this ability. I gave you this word. And who are you to say that you're not good enough and you're not going to meet this woman's need because you think you're not good enough? And that I think is the biggest thing for me that keeps me going is, of course, I'm not good enough. God didn't ask me to be good enough. He asked me to be faithful. He asked me to be a good steward. And so, yes, I am going to build this company as big as I possibly can, as big as God will allow me. Not because I care about my own ego, not because I want to be rich and famous. I don't. I don't care. I want to build Equipping Godly Women because if I build this community of incredible Christian women and say that I have an email list, of 50,000. And I say, Hey, everyone on my email list today is the day I'm launching this nonprofit. Will you all give $1 to help this woman who needs your help? And everybody gave $1 and some people wouldn't, but some people would give more. So we're just going to keep it easy math. If I had 50,000 people and they all gave $1, that is $50,000. I can go do some good. But what if I had an email list of a hundred thousand people? What if I had an email list of 500,000 people? What if I had this community of women and they were all in on their faith? And I said, Hey, will you help me? And they said, take my money. I don't care what it is. Like we want to help. We are on fire for this mission. We are so excited. We want to help. And this community of women would donate to this nonprofit eventually someday. But even before then, right now, if I got them fired up and then they went out in their own communities and they said, you know, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to love my children. I'm going to love the lady at the bank. I'm going to love the lady at the PTO. I'm going to love my coworker. Like think of the impact that we would make. But you know what? 
that costs money. I need to be able to build a website and that costs money. I need to be able to hire a coach and that costs money. I need to be able to create this book that I just put out and there's a companion workbook with it. I had to hire an editor. I had to hire a designer. I have to hire um, an assistant. I have bills that I have to pay because I need to be a good steward. And I can't do any of that if I'm not bringing in income. So I think there definitely is something to be said about that. We don't want to charge for the gospel. I think some things are free. Um, God has called us to be disciples. And in some aspects, we do disciple people. We do create a lot of content for free. Um, Right now, you and I are both on this podcast for free. People are listening to this for free. There is so much that we do just in ministry in terms of we give things to people for free. There's so much of that. But there's also absolutely a time to say, hey, if you want more, if you want to learn, like you need to invest in yourself. So I think that there are things that are free and there are things that we need to charge for, because if you do everything for free, you're not going to be in business. And how sad would that be if God called you to make this incredible difference right where you are, whether that's in your neighborhood or whether that's across the whole entire world. And God called you and there were women or men or children, whoever dogs, fish. I don't care who it is. There are goldfish across the world who are counting on you. And God has called you to do this. And you said, you know, I can't do this because I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't, I don't want to charge people because that feels really icky. Yeah, sometimes it does, but God called you to do this thing and he gave you everything that you need and he will give you everything that you need. And I just, I wouldn't want to miss out on that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love the way that you said that. I wouldn't want to miss out on that. And you're right. All of these things that we want to do, they take money. But the more money that we have that we can invest, the wider the message can spread or the further the product can go or the more people can read the book. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of books, you did just birth a book, baby, right? I did, two of them. Really recently, So, and I love the idea behind the book. It's follow God's will, but the premise of it, I think is what's so interesting. And that's following his will when you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like when you are faced with the hard questions, the challenging questions, the controversial questions, the, the things that just make you want to throw your hands up and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Follow God's will. Tell me a little about where that book came from and and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, so this book actually comes out of two places simultaneously. Things sort of work together. Um, the first is because last year I published the previous book called Fall in Love with God's Word, all about helping Christian women to read their Bibles more regularly. Because I had read a statistic that we want to read our Bibles, but we don't do it as much as we should. So the previous book, just to give a little background, was how do we not read the Bible as just checking something off of our to-do list, like got to do the laundry, got to take care of the dog, got to read my Bible. Okay, good. That's done. Move on with our life. Um, But how do we actually get in God's Word and love it? So having just written that book, Um, I had a conversation with my publisher where they said, hey, we think that there really needs to be another book here. Once women are reading God's word, how do we live that out? So they kind of broached the idea. And then I started paying attention to all of the conversations around me. So many women right now, I hear it every single day, multiple times a day. So many women are asking, 
How do I know what God wants me to do? Whether that's the big thing, how do I know if this website is God's will for my life? How do I know if I should take this job or that job, or if I should be a speaker, or if I shouldn't be doing this and I heard God wrong? How do I know how to love my neighbor? How do I know how to love my coworker when they are saying things that are very non-Christian or my family member when they um, are caught in blatant sin? I don't know how to deal with that. And I just see so many people are seeking for that wisdom. I want to do what God has for me. I want to follow his will, but I don't know. Um, so this book was really birthed out of, okay, once we're in our Bible, how do we translate that into today? So it turns into this book, um, Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. That is basically a roadmap or a framework, um, half roadmap, half Bible study to walk you through figuring out for your life. Okay, what is God's will? Where is God calling me to serve? What is my next step? What is the next door right in front of me that I should walk through? And then it has also with it a companion workbook. So the book has all of the like information and knowledge and strategies. And then the workbook is going to be designed to help you to figure out, okay, what does this look like in my life? What are the skills? And I have so many questions. What are the skills that you have? What is the experience that you have in your background? Um, what are the opportunities right in front of you? So it's going to walk you through step-by-step step so you can figure out for you what God is calling you to in this season. Wow. Do I wish I had that book mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago? That's amazing. I mean, what a gift that's going to be to people. And you said there were two books. So it's the book yeah, and the, the companion workbook, right? Yes. The book and the workbook both just came out. Yeah. That's exciting. And people can get those anywhere books are sold, right? Yeah. Um, the best place is probably on Amazon. Although if you go to my website, equippinggodlywomen.com, you can check out the first chapter of Follow God's Will. Um, and get that for free if you want to check it out and see what it's all about before you commit to anything. Um, that's probably the best place to find all of the links to all of the things. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this has been so great. I just want to ask, you know, a question of you. What advice do you have for women who are just holding this message close and they want to start a business they want to put themselves out there. Like what advice would you have for them if they're just beginning or they've been doing a little while, they're feeling stuck? Like how do they, how do they move forward? I think the biggest piece of advice that I would have is just that the fear doesn't ever go away. I think sometimes we think that, oh, other people aren't scared or it's easier for other people. No, we all have no idea what we're doing. We all feel not good enough. We all feel scared. Um, fear is not a sign that you're doing it wrong. Fear is a sign of growth, that you were doing something new and that's something to be celebrated. So rather than sit back and say, oh, I don't know, I can't, I'm too scared, just take the step. Whatever it is, you probably already know in your heart right now and you are procrastinating because you don't want to do it take the step, whatever it is. It's okay. If you don't know steps two, three, four, five, God has already got it figured out. Just take the next step right in front of you. And if you don't know what the next step is, there are so many resources. Um, so your next step is to figure out what you need, whether it is my book or a course, or you have, I know, and so many wonderful things as well. So if you don't know, there are ways to find out. So don't be stuck in fear. Don't be stuck in perfectionism or think everybody else has it easier. They don't. Sometimes that's hard. It's part of the journey. It's supposed to be hard, um, but you just keep going. And then eventually when you just keep going one step in front of the other, someday you will get to the point where you will look back and you will say, wow, I did all of that. Like, I don't know how, 
but I just kept going and I'm still here. And I did all of that. And it is only because of God, because he did all of that through me. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. I completely agree with you. Don't stay stuck. Just take some action, whether it's getting a book, joining a community, hire a coach, do a Bible study, whatever you need to do in order to take that forward action. I couldn't agree with you more. The fear never really goes away. Even if you start to experience some success, you're at a new level of success. So you're still going to have a little bit of scared. Mm -hmm. There's a friend that I follow who says new level, new devil. I just said that same quote yesterday. Yep. It's just, it's right. The fear never really goes away. So if you're Mm -hmm. waiting for the fear to go away, you're going to be waiting forever. Why not dive in, take a chance and see what God does with it. Yeah. And it is okay if you get it wrong. That's one thing I love of the many things I love about the Bible is sometimes we're like, oh, what if I do the wrong thing? Yeah, you're going to do the wrong thing. That's part of it. That's how you learn. Um, If you look at the disciples, um, they messed it up all of the time. All the time. They just, oh my goodness, so many times. And Jesus is like, really guys? I mean, obviously (laughs) that's not a scripture book, but I can just imagine Jesus being like, really guys, we have been doing this for three years. You are walking with me in person. We live together. We eat together. And they messed it up all of the time. And Jesus never abandoned them. He never shamed them. He just kept loving them and he kept using them. Even after Peter denied him three times, he was like, okay, Peter, you're the rock on which I'm going to build this church and all of the things. And Saul was persecuting Christians. And then he went on to become the greatest evangelist of all time and wrote the majority of the New Testament. Um, whatever you've done in the past, it doesn't disqualify you. It doesn't make God hate you. It's okay. You you get things wrong. You're going to get things wrong. It's part of the process. You just keep going. And when you walk through door one, then door two will open and you might, God might take you the scenic route and that is okay. Um, you will get there if you just get started and then keep going. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the, the sweet disciples always messing up and really there's about a 100% chance that when you mess up, you will use that to help someone else Yeah. Right. to look behind you and tell the woman coming after you, Hey, here's a pitfall. Let me help you around that or over that. And so enjoy the mess ups. I know that sounds like a really weird thing, but it's the mess ups that are going to make you stronger and that are going to make you better at what you do. So true. Well, Brittany, and I have just loved this conversation. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I don't want to keep you. I know you're a busy mom, a busy author, a busy business owner. And so I just want to wrap this up and say thank you so much for coming on this Wayology podcast, for sharing all of your wisdom. And I just pray that your book makes it into as many possible hands that are going to just have life altering moments with it. And I'll also be praying for you to reach the, you know, 1 million on your email list so that when Mm -hmm. you do your nonprofit, man, it explodes. Well, thank you so, so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the Swayology podcast. You can find all the links for everything we talked about today in our show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and take a screenshot and tag me on social media. That helps other women like you find the show and build our community. Got comments? Shoot me a DM on Instagram or head on over to my website. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Swayology podcast.